it's an increase in experience for our rider, right? They're seeing their bus more accurately. They're less likely to get sent to a closed stop, but that's all important, right? That little bit, every little bit of increase in that kind of customer satisfaction action and experience really plays a huge part um, in, you know, how they perceive their rides and how happy yes. they are. This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Good to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged News and Views this week with my good friend, Steve Young, Chief Innovation Officer at VIA Metropolitan Transit in San Antonio, Texas. He's got a great look as a newsmaker today into how technology is being used to improve customer experience, including how they're using the GTFS feed there in San Antonio. I know you'll want to stay tuned for that newsmaker interview. And at the end of the episode, a look at the future of public transportation and several items coming up on my agenda in the coming months that I think you'd be interested in hearing about. But first, let's take a look at headline news from around the public transportation industry. And we head down to New Orleans, where my friend and compatriot is CEO there, Alex Wiggins. New Orleans RTA is launching what's called the Flex On-Demand Pilot Program. And this is to increase services for riders with disabilities in New Orleans East. So the New Orleans Regional Authority, RTA, has announced the launch of the Flex program. It's a 12-month pilot that will allow current RTA paratransit clients living in East New Orleans to book on-demand services within the Orleans Parish. The project seeks to provide enhanced mobility and connectivity for residents in this area with plans for future expansion to other areas around the city. The board chairman of RTA, Mark Raymond Jr. said that this pilot will allow residents of East New Orleans with low incomes, seniors, and persons with disabilities to assist with making vital transportation connections that are often inaccessible due to distance. This pilot is an example of the board's commitment to prioritize that all riders have equitable transit services no matter their mobility needs. Bravo to the New Orleans Regional Transit Authority, their board of directors, and their leadership team for implementing this new pilot program. It's a good example of what's happening around the country. And Alex Wiggins, the CEO of the service, actually is the first chapter in my new book called Conversations on Equity and Inclusion in Public Transportation, coming out in October of this year. And he talks about just this kind of thing, as does my chapter on how microtransit can be used to really improve and make sure no one is left behind. So I'm excited about this new pilot program in New Orleans. In other news, in Kansas City, Robbie Mackinnon has resigned as CEO. Those who have followed what's happening in the industry, I think, uh, have seen stories on that in Mass Transit Magazine and elsewhere. And the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority has appointed Frank White III, As interim CEO and president, White said his focus is providing an efficient, reliable transportation for Kansas Citians across seven counties, each with different needs. He said he'll fulfill these goals by supporting transportation planners, operators, and riders, which will translate into dependable services. Before becoming interim CEO, White worked as vice president of Ride KC Development Corporation, and he says he hopes to permanently occupy the role as head of KCATA. There's been a lot of uh, discussions about safety in public transportation, and soon we'll have a show dedicated to that on the podcast in an interview with Suhair Al-Khatib, 
who is on the safety commission in Washington, D.C. But there's been a lot of heat up in Massachusetts in Boston at the Transit Authority. And the MBTA, the Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority, has launched a new oversight office tasked with addressing the findings of the Federal Transit Administration's Safety Management Inspection Report, which was released just last week, August 31st of 2022. The MBTA Quality Compliance and Oversight Office will operate outside the current structure of the authority and will be led by Katie Coey, who will serve as director and report directly to MBTA General Manager Steve Poftak, who was recently here on the podcast. And they will provide monthly reports detailing the MBTA's progress in implementing the FTA's directives as outlined in its final SMI report. And finally, a look down in Texas, uh, a great regional cooperation between the Denton County Transportation Authority and the Dallas Area Rapid Transit Board of Directors. They have now signed an interlocal agreement for a joint rail operation facility for testing operations and maintenance of the new Stadler Fast Light Intercity and Regional Train commonly known as FLIRT, the commuter rail vehicle for the Dart Silver Line Regional Rail Project currently under construction. The facility is located in Louisville, Texas, and it's an expansion of the DCTA A-Train Operations and Maintenance Facility. So congratulations to them on moving forward with really important regional cooperation, which is always a good sign in the public transportation industry. Thanks for being with us this week, as every week on Transit Unplugged. Stay tuned for the Newsmaker interview with Steve Young from Via Transportation in San Antonio. And stay tuned to the end for a look at what's coming in the future for Transit Unplugged and more. All that on this week's episode of Transit Unplugged News and Views. I'm Paul Comfort with our special guest, Steve Young, Vice President of Technology and Innovation at Via Metropolitan Transit in San Antonio, Texas, a place that's probably one of the hottest places in the country today. Steve, thanks for being with us on the show. Glad to be here. I'm in the air conditioning. It's all good. There you go. Yeah, Steve and I were recently together at the APTA Tech Conference, where Steve was a speaker, and uh, I was able to see him present some of the great innovations they have going on at Via Transit. And um, I once again said, oh, i got to get Steve on the show. So thank you so much, man, for, for spending some time today with us to share with us on something that we haven't talked a lot about in the past. Tell us about what you're here to tell us about. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things we spent so much time working on at Via is really looking at the data that we send out to our customers. And, you know, it's data is never really thought of as a sexy topic, but it's such a highly important topic for transit um, because ultimately, you know, customers need good data to, to make decisions around transit and where they're going to travel, when their vehicle's coming, all of those things. And so I thought it would be kind of interesting and, and maybe a little transit nerdy to kind of deep dive a little bit into some of the work we've done around this, because I think it's important to a lot of agencies and probably a lot of folks are doing similar things and facing similar challenges. So really today, you know, I wanted to kind of dive into to GTFS, which, you know, that's kind of a, a kind of the long big data standard in, in the transit industry around uh, bus schedule stops, as well as real-time data. And thought we'd just kind of talk about what we've been working on down at VIA with that, and hopefully it resonates with the, some of your listeners. That's great. Before we get started into that deep dive, tell us a little bit about the agency. Your CEO is a good friend of mine, Jeff Arndt. Tell us about the VIA Transportation Metropolitan Agency, the area you serve, and kind of the scope of service you provide. Yeah, we're a relatively big agency, so we serve uh, over uh, 1,200 square miles, so that's pretty large. I think 
that puts us around the, the second largest service area in Texas. It's you know a big metro area here in San Antonio. Obviously, uh, our city boundaries go way out, but we we serve more cities than just San Antonio as well. Um, we have a combination of fixed route, uh, well over 500 vehicles in that area, uh, paratransit service, it's around maybe around 300 or so. Uh, we have a kind of mixed fleet there of in-house and uh, outsourced, as well as our rapidly expanding via link service, which is our on-demand service where we're really pushing that hard in multiple zones, kind of more in the sur- suburban areas of San Antonio, and uh, it's been taken off really well. So um, we're, you know, we get a lot going on as an agency uh, from a service perspective, from a, you know, vehicle perspective. We run a really giant uh, compressed natural gas fleet on the uh, fixed route side. So um, supposedly, I think we have the largest uh, yes. service station in North America. I think so you that's do. Been yep. a big push here. <laughs> you know, kind of a a mid green step, right? Like it's much greener than diesel. Probably, you know, probably can go greener as we start moving into the electric space, which we have some of those in route too. So a lot going on down here. Yes, you do. And and a couple comments I would make is that San Antonio is one of my favorite places in Texas. I just love the city itself. A lot of people know about it, you know, from the Alamo, but the Riverwalk and just the culture of the city is phenomenal, I think. Uh, secondly, your main transit garage and administrative facilities are some of the coolest I've seen across America, man. Very nice. We have a giant single bus yard, um, and it's you know served us well for many many years, right? I mean, I, I'd almost call some of our facilities been historic because they they've been around that long. We're actually gonna um, here in about ten days uh, be opening up our second operating facility, oh. so uh, for a paratransit service. So finally, have uh, something new en route to to kind of separate the fleets out a little bit. Yeah, very nice. All right, let's dive in. Uh, tell us a little bit about, for the uninformed, give us what is GTFS. I remember, uh, I don't know how long it was ago, eight years ago when I was CEO of MTA in Baltimore, I remember hosting a bunch of uh, uh, developers in and saying, all right, we're going to release all the GTFS data. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> and uh, so tell us about what it is and how you all have used it to really improve customer experience, which is what it's all about right now, right? In order to get people back on the bus, we need to make their experience as pleasant, comfortable, and informative as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So GTFS is a standard out there in the transit space. Um, there's you know a couple different uh, interpretations of the acronym, but um, it's a standard that's been around for a number of years and I think really took off probably pretty big in the last like about seven, eight years or so is kind of when it really started hitting hard about the time frame you're speaking of. Um, a lot of agencies really started publishing their data. And what it what it is, is there's kind of two sets, right? There's a real-time feed, which is the feed we put out there as an agency and lots of agencies do. Here's where our buses are, right? And that's constantly updated by you know, the second essentially for, for most agencies. And then there's a set of static files just called GTFS rather than GTFS RT. So it's a little confusing because there's two sets of files out there. Um, GTFS really reflects all that core data that we talk about with transit agencies when we have a sign up, right? We have routes. Here's the routes we're putting out there for this period, you know, for the next four or five months. Um, here's our schedules, right? Just like the paper schedule, there's a data schedule uh, in that file and so on and so on. There's a stop file and there's a series of files that represent all of our service in a standard, standardized format. And what makes that really beautiful is that lots of agencies publish and most agencies publish that file out there somewhere publicly where anyone that has an app or um, a website or what have you can grab that data and use it to inform customers, right? It, and so it tells people, it tells people where the bus is right now, that kind of stuff, right? Well, 
the, the static files don't, but they at least describe our service, right? And so if you were to say, go to Google Maps, right? It knows about transit service or transit app or Apple Maps, all those things, all those places consume this data. Um, so it's it's a really great standard and, you know, probably more things like this are needed in transit, but it's the most important run from a customer facing perspective, right? Because we want our riders to know about our service, right? So it's it's one of those things that we spend a lot of time on. Um, and, you know, the thing area that we kind of focus on initially at VIA after we got GTFS out there was, can we get better real-time data about our vehicles? Because we had a, a fairly uh, legacy uh, system in terms of how frequently we reported our vehicle location. So, you know, somewhere in the 30 to 40 second range is pretty typical for when a bus would say where I am, which, you know, it's okay. But it's, you know, now in the, the day of Uber and Lyft, and, you know, we all got used to watching the little icon move around the screen, and sometimes they move backwards on those apps, so they're not perfect either, right? I mean, uh, cities are very complex places, and it's hard to make predictions of, of where a vehicle is, and there's all kinds of challenges. So if you're reporting a vehicle every 40 seconds, it can be a little disconcerting to a consumer to know, you know, where their bus is. Um, and so one of the things we kind of jumped into um, a few years back is VIA was in 2015 was the first large U.S. agency to put Wi-Fi across all our fleet, uh, paratransit and fixed route. And so we said, we looked at the fleet and we said, you know, we got these cradle point routers sitting in every vehicle. Is there a way to leverage that to also report vehicle location? And so now we report vehicle locations from our cradle point routers and from our Vontas Transit Master uh, CAD AVL system, right? So we're able to combine that data. And we actually shift that off to Swiftly. They're one of our partners for, for real-time data. They've been really good to work with on that. Um, but the cool thing is we kind of have this redundant system, right? If one piece of hardware isn't operational, we have another piece of hardware in every vehicle saying, here's where our bus is. And in the end, when all that's combined together, we're telling our customers where a vehicle is every five or six seconds. So it's pretty much next to real time. And you literally can watch them move down the map now and know when your vehicle's coming, which is a great like comfort level. I hate to say that, but uh, like- <laughs> Pun intended, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But it's it's really good for our customers, right? Because that's just, just knowing that vehicle's coming kind of takes that stress of writing off. And, you know, with the advent of really good writing apps like Transit App that can, you know, tell you when to leave your house, when to get off the bus, having that good data is just really important. That's great. And what are, how are customers using that information? How are we seeing them, you know, grab onto that and improve their lives, improve their experience? Well, you know, we see them using the apps. We're seeing steady growth in the use of apps, right? Transit apps are one we track pretty closely because we've been partnered with them for the past couple of years now. And so we have our ticketing in there. We uh, opened up B-Cycle in the app and we're trying to really kind of push multimodal. We just integrated our Via Link service into Transit app, right? So we're seeing a steady growth in riders using that app and we can uh, watch the metrics on that. So we've seen pretty phenomenal growth in that and it's growing uh, you know month over month, which is really awesome. You know, the challenge we ran into Paul, with all of this, though, is, you know, San Antonio is an old historic city and we're always digging up roads and you know, <laughs> having to replace pipes. And, and it's really causes havoc on a lot of our routes. We still, you know, certainly have a lot of routes that go through our downtown area, which seems to be, you know, every week a new streets closed down there. And of course, that plays havoc with the data we put out there for our customers. And so that's probably been one of our, our biggest challenges to date is even though we're putting this data out for our customers, if a road all of a sudden shuts down, 
our GTFS static files, those route files we put out three or four times a year, aren't keeping up with the conditions that are changing throughout the city. And we have a couple of ways of dealing with that, and we can kind of jump into that. So it's, it's a yeah, let's do it. Cool. So um, the first thing we kind of did is, you know, started off, we partnered with Vontas and Transit Master. They released a feature where our dispatchers actually have a pretty, it's a pretty slick tool in, in Transit Master. They can essentially draw out detours um, visually in the system. And once they do that, it you know, it can do things like close stops and, and show the streets where the buses are going to go on, that type of thing. The problem is that's not in those static files we talked about. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But the cool thing is that then pushes real-time data to our website for detours. Right. We, we, you know, we grab that immediately. But of course, you know, writers may or may not be checking that, right? I mean, the website's okay. there. So this is one of those things, the more ways we can get that data out into the, the hands of the customer, the, the better. Um, and so the cool thing is um, that detour info that the, the dispatchers have put into Transit Master does get pushed out to the real-time file, um, the GTFS real-time file. And the way you would that appears are services and apps. Like if you're in Google Maps, you usually get like a little exclamation point, this route's on detour. Yes. The, the, it's nice. It's great. But it's a standard. It's a limitation of the standard because it just tells you there's something's going on. But if you're looking at planning a trip in any of these apps, the trip planning may not be detour aware, right? The message is there, but it may still tell you to go to a certain place or to get off at a certain place that is closed and not available. And so that's a limitation of that static um, GTFS files. So the real time can grab that data, which is awesome. So we're really happy we're able to get it out there, but it's kind of a step one because we may be essentially be saying, and I, I don't mean via, like any transit agent has this problem. Like this is right. a universal problem for us is the trip planning tools and things out there will tell kind of incorrect stuff to the customers. Like, you know, wait here for a bus, except that stops closed, right? And that's that's the last thing we want someone to do in the heat in San Antonio. So yeah. we have been doing some some pretty cool stuff um, with that uh, Vontus because, you know, like I said, we're putting it on the web, we're notifying the apps. Um, we have a really robust SMS service um, for next bus information in San Antonio. I know um, Swiftly's told us we're like their biggest consumer of that in the, I think in the US. Um, for, it's been really popular here for, for a long time um, in San Antonio. We actually do uh, inform that service with detours and closed stops now. Right. So that's one of the ways we're leveraging this data out of Transit Master. That's really cool. So we know so many people use that. We want to, once again, touch another methodology that our customers are interacting with to let them know, hey, this is closed or or, you know, this bus is late or whatever. We can do all of that through that SMS number. So that's really cool. Um, but, you know, we're still facing those limitations where you plan a trip and, there's a teacher going on. And so one of the things our team started doing, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, most most agencies really focus on publishing those GTFS static files, the routes, scheduled stops three or four times a year. Um, a couple of years ago, we started publishing those weekly at VS. So what our engineering and development team did is they started reading the information produced by Transit Master from the dispatchers with those changes and then rewriting our GTFS files programmatically. So we're actually rewriting the static file. So we're rewriting all those schedule files to reflect detours. And we put that out weekly so that the trip planning and all those apps essentially work better due to these detours because then it might tell you, oh, you need to go to this place and wait for the bus, which is the temporary stop, right? In the past, 
a lot of trip planning apps that just tell people to go wait somewhere that was closed or, right. you know, the dreaded you're on the bus and it doesn't go to where you're expecting to go because, you know, it's on detour. And so that was a really cool thing that we were able to do. My team is phenomenal. We got a really great, we're lucky to have a development team. I mean, like not every transit agency has that luxury, right? That's right. I've got some just fantastic people in that team that are, um, you know, able to come up with some of these really kind of innovative, creative things that it really helps our writers, right? Um, and so the the other thing we were able to do with the static files more recently, though, like I said, we started this kind of a couple of years ago, but the team kind of took a look at it and said, you know what? Weekly's okay, but there's changes being made every day. And so we've actually now in the last uh, couple months started automating the production of these files because there were some there were some manual steps in the past where we do it weekly, but we've actually started automating it. And so they've like turned full automation on and now we're publishing these things every day, which is really not how the whole GTFS static thing yeah. is ever designed to work, right? So we're like, will Google even look at this once a day, you know, like, they just want to look at it, you know, once once every quarter or something like that. So it's been a it's been a challenge, but our, most of the providers have been uh, pretty good to work with. And we've had a few questions come in, but um, the, the you know, end result is, you know, it's a marginal increase in experience for our writer, right? More, you know, their bus, they're seeing their bus more accurately. They're less likely to get sent to a closed stop, but that's all important, right? That little bit. Every little bit of increase in that kind of customer satisfaction and experience really plays a huge part um, in, you know, how they perceive their rides and how happy yes. they are. That's amazing. In, in, in the uh, minute or two we have left, Steve, tell us another tool you have in your arsenal, which we recently talked about on Transit Unplugged TV for an upcoming episode, which is your chatbot. I love yeah. this. Yeah, so uh, our t- same team, our great development team, um, came up with the uh, Ava chatbot, the automated virtual assistant. So that lives on our website or mobile app. Uh, it can do next bus, trip planning. It can speak in English and Spanish. It answers hundreds of customer service questions 24-7, 365. So it's always available. And, um, you know, it does a number of other things. It can route someone to um, a true person at some point, you know, if, if the conversation kind of you know, is doesn't go well or we're not able to answer the questions, but it's just a way to once again improve that experience and yeah. you know help our writers out. We have a really, really fantastic rating. We did uh, essentially uh, like a net promoter score for the agency and it's come out phenomenally for me. Like the company doing it had not seen a transit agency that came out, you know, smelling that much like roses, right? Because yeah. a lot of times uh, customers right. are always happy and uh, we're doing One good way to do them. it one way to do it that you've shown is bringing your technology into the 21st century. So many transit agencies are still stuck in the 80s and 90s. Uh, and uh, I think you there at VIA, Steve, and, and with your leadership and Jeff's leadership, has created a transit agency that's caught up with the private sector when it comes to using customer data to using this GTFS. You've won a bunch of awards for all the innovative things you're doing there when it comes to technology. You really are on the cutting edge for our transit industry of how to do technology right. So congratulations. This is exciting, the information you've shared with us. I hope other people can uh, learn from it and improve their transit agencies too. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Hi, I'm Alea Carey, a communications consultant who loves working with public transit agencies. Whether it's for operators, mechanics, or administrative staff, all agencies are struggling with recruitment right now. Some best practices in promoting the jobs you have available include social media and digital advertising targeted at the most likely applicants, as well as ad campaigns on bus exteriors and in your facilities. 
But since we really need to pull out all the stops in the recruitment effort, we also need to consider reaching the public directly at events. All agencies have events they regularly sponsor and set up tables for, and that's a great way to show off your brand and even introduce team members who are excited to talk about the benefits of working for your organization. But in this jobs climate, you should also consider tabling at events you haven't looked at before. Expand your events list to include local sports complexes during tournament season, popular supermarkets leading up to a holiday weekend, or even consider setting up a table at your local DMV to catch people who are clearly interested in driving. At all events, you'll want to have printed marketing materials about the jobs available at your organization. You also might want to consider setting up QR codes that link to a special landing page about jobs. If you'd like to talk more about promoting recruitment directly to the public at events, look me up on LinkedIn. My first name is spelled E-L-E-A, last name C-A-R-E-Y. Hi, this is Mike Bismeyer, Regional Sales Director for Patera, and this is Mike's Minute, where we talk about leadership, mentorship, and kindness with the hopes it'll inspire you to pay it forward. As I continue to speak to some of our industry leaders on mentorship, I was fortunate to recently cross paths and visit with Michelle Arnold, Director of Collier Area Transit in Naples, Florida, and current Board Vice Chair of the Florida Public Transit Association. As we spoke about mentorship, Michelle was quick to reiterate that having mentors help shape her career and give her the confidence to pursue positions that she may not have pursued without their mentorship. She specifically recalled a county manager early in her career that empowered and influenced her in exactly that way. Additionally, another memorable mentor was a local realtor who, through leading by example, reiterated the importance of giving back within the community, contributing to local boards, organizations, and overall volunteerism. Michelle also spent many years coaching soccer and always enjoys bumping into the players that she interacted with over the years with the hopes that she's played a positive role in their vision and development. Currently, she is also mentoring someone within her agency, and they collaborate regularly, looking at learning opportunities differently, more comprehensively, with the hopes that she'll provide additional skill sets to make that person successful in the role they choose. Her final thoughts on mentorship were that the learning never ends for the mentor and mentee. We can always provide guidance and support, and seasoned leaders have important knowledge and applicable history that can be shared while others continue to develop. A great conversation, great leadership, kindness is cool. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. This is the future of public transportation on this week's episode of Transit Unplugged. I've got a lot going on in the uh, near future, and I wanted to bring you up to date. Listeners often ask where I'm going to be at and what's happening with the TV show and books and all the other media items and thought leadership items I'm working on. So I wanted to give you um, a rundown of some of the conferences and places I'll be attending over the next couple months of September, October, and November. So on September 17th through the 21st, I'll be at the Florida Public Transportation Association Conference in Naples, Florida. There I'll be leading a CEO roundtable and we'll be filming it for a future Transit Unplugged TV show. Clinton Forbes, the CEO of Palm Tran uh, and also chairman of the Florida Public Transportation Association this year will be on the panel, as will Adelie Legrand, the CEO of Hart in Tampa and Brad Miller, the CEO of PSTA in Clearwater, Florida will be filming the episode on Tuesday, September 20th at 10.15 a.m. for the CEO Roundtable. If you're attending, I encourage you to be there for part of this. It ought to be a fun uh, a fun episode. Speaking of the TV show, we do have uh, several episodes uh, coming up that we have filmed in Denver. Uh, the one that is dropping 
currently is the one at the Apta Tech Show. It includes interviews with a bunch of CEOs uh, and transit tech leaders who are talking about um, public transportation's role in adding to customer experience and increasing people on ridership and improving communities through technology and what type of technologies are happening. Paul Scatellis, uh, the CEO of APTA, is on there as well as a number of other leaders. I encourage you to visit the website, uh, our channel actually on YouTube. If you just go to your YouTube on your phone and type in the words transit unplugged TV, with TV being just the two letters, the letter T and the letter V, it'll take you to our channel and you can watch the latest episodes, which are great. We filmed two other episodes um, while in Denver over though at RTD. We met with a number of leaders. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see a lot of behind the scenes pictures I've been posting lately. It's going to be a great fun show. We've uh, cut the length of the program now to around 15 to 17 minutes in order to kind of meet with what people are expecting on YouTube. Hopefully you enjoy that. Let us know what you think. And if you'd like us to come visit your city, let us know. On September 24th through the 30th, I'll be in London, United Kingdom, with Valeris Quadrants. Uh, my uh, company hosts a big training program with uh, over a 1,000 people there. It's going to be phenomenal. While there, I do plan to interview Andy Lord, Chief Operating Officer of TFL for the podcast, and meet with my good buddy, Andy Byford, Commissioner of Transportation. Hopefully, I can catch up with him. That's the game plan while I'm there. I'll be moderating a couple panels on thought leadership for our industry, a couple coffee chats with leaders of our companies, and I'll be speaking to a group from Asia, Pacific, Middle East, and Africa on transit trends. Looking forward to that visit to London. If you're uh, in town, I'll probably be too busy to say hello, but uh, just let me know anyhow. And then on October 9th through 12th, I plan to attend the APTA Transform Annual Conference in Seattle. And the big news there for me will be uh, I'll be launching my brand new book, Conversations on Equity and Inclusion in Public Transportation. I'll be launching it uh, on the trade show floor on Monday, October 10th at 1230 p.m. at the Vontas booth. Uh, they're sponsoring it, and I'll be giving away 100 copies of the book there at the booth. Uh, you can come and get an autographed copy, not just by me, but also I'm going to be inviting all the contributors to the book to join me in the signing. And the people who have contributed to this book, because it is conversations on equity inclusion, include Alex Wiggins, CEO of the Regional Transit Authority of New Orleans, India Birdsong, General Manager and Chief Executive Officer of the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority, Robbie Mackinnon, past president and CEO of the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority, Adelie Legrand, Chief Executive Officer of the Hillsborough Transit Authority, Noah Berger, Administrator and Chief Executive Officer of the Merrimack Valley Regional Transit Authority near Boston, Julie Tim, Chief Executive Officer for the Greater Richmond Transit Company and soon to be in Sound Transit, Inez Evans, President and Chief Executive Officer of Indigo in Indianapolis, Brad Miller, Chief Executive Officer of Pinellas Suncoast Transit Authority, Paul Tolliver, my good friend and APTA Hall of Fame member, former CEO, and David Kim, former Secretary of Transportation for California, Veronica Vanderpool, Deputy Administrator of the FTA uh, at the Department of Transportation, Tilly Lowborough, General Manager of Metro Trains Melbourne, and several other business leaders, including Nora Kamal, the um, Organizational Development Officer at Proterra, Bridget Beato, Chief Executive Officer of Luminor Consulting Group, and also Vice Chair of WTS, Freddie Fuller, uh, from Comto past chair and vice president of Jacobs, along with Sabrina Becker, Denise Lamazin-Bell, and also Phil Lacombe, and Terry White, chief executive officer of King County Metro, uh, as well as, uh, I can't forget, the author of our 
forward of the book, uh, my good friend, Bakara Sanderson Malden, Chief of Staff at Memphis Area Transit Authority. Uh, I'll be inviting all of them. Some of them will be there as well as some other folks who contributed to the book at our book signing book launch party. Uh, this will again be at APTA Transform in Seattle on Monday, October 10th at 1230 p.m. at the Vauntus booth. We're sponsoring it. While I'm there, I'll also be participating in Latinos in Transit Young Leaders Scholarship event on behalf of the other hat I wear as executive director of the North American Transit Alliance, who provided a scholarship for them. October 24th through 26th, I'll be at Smart Transit West in Denver, Colorado. I'm on the agenda to speak and be on a panel there, but also doing a book signing while we're there. And then headed overseas again for November. Two visits overseas are planned, November 2nd through 4th in Singapore for the LTA UITP International Transport Congress and Exhibition. We'll be filming an episode of Transit Unplugged TV. I'll be speaking, hosting a dinner, hopefully doing a book signing. All the plans are coming together for that. And uh, then I plan to be back in London at the Intelligent Transport Congress. I'll be moderating a panel, hosting a dinner, and lots of other fun events there, November 8th through 11th in London. So a lot of travel scheduled for the fall. Hopefully, uh, if you're in any of those locations and you want to connect up, send me a direct message on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to try to connect up for a cup of coffee and chat with you. It's always fun to meet people and talk to you about the transit industry and the great things we're doing there as we work toward a better future for the world through public transportation. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged News and Views with our special guest, Steve Young, Vice President of Technology and Innovation at VIA Metropolitan Transit. Next week on Transit Unplugged In-Depth, we'll have Vernon Everett, Transport Commissioner for Greater Manchester in the UK. Don't forget to stop by transitunplugged.com and sign up for our newsletter so you're always in the loop with whatever is going on with the podcast or Transit Unplugged TV, which, by the way, a new episode comes out this Friday, also focused on technology. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on Transit Unplugged, feel free to email us anytime at info at transitunplugged.com. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.